The Arizona Cardinals are back in the win column after a 42-34 victory Thursday night in primetime over the New Orleans Saints. Welcome into Morning Scramble presented by Verizon alongside Q McCorvey and Jody Jackson. I'm Danny Surratt. Q is definitely feeling himself on this victory Friday. Mm-hmm. And how could you not? It was the first Cardinals <laughs> win in three weeks, the first home win in 361 days. And it's also the first win before Jody comes on to Morning Scramble. So congratulations. <sighs> Good work, Jody. I'm so glad not to be dragging everyone down, you know, on a, this is a victory Friday. How beautiful is that? And the weekend is a, is a free one and the guys can recover. You guys can mentally recover. I mean, this is. Or celebrate. This is a gorgeous celebrate thing. Much Depends needed. how you look at it. Yeah. Jody, I mean, for once this season, I was happy to see your face when I walked in this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Chiefs, Eagles did not go well. Uh, you know, especially Eagles, you know, it felt like Cardinals had that one. And so this this really, it checks a lot of boxes, right? You said it, 361 days since the fans left State Farm Stadium with a victory. I mean, I was feeling that after the big plays that we saw, especially on defense. I loved what the fans were doing last night. Um, it was pretty electric. Uh, your your pants, by the way, were pretty electric. I Thank think that you. you know, I give you a lot of credit Set for prime time. They were prime wardrobe-ing. time pants. Yes, they so were everybody sparkly. did their part. The they were different colors depending on if you moved the sequins or not. It kind of had like a Nola feel, though, Danny. I was kind of like, you no. know, kind of out Nola the Saints. It was it was yeah. very little, little Nola. It was a little Nola. A little you don't just get to say that just because Jody brought that up. Was that was not, that's not an original like, thought. Oh, did you hear me? Because I was everybody that. was talking about it. Like, he was oh, that's thinking a little, about that, but he never said it. I mean, it was fine. I mean, just like very you guys Mardi put Gras. out something cool on it with the big so, AZ. Yeah. So you're telling yeah. me, I mean, exactly. if you win, you're good. You're good. You you're dominate fine. that whole theme. You did it on purpose. I just yeah, love that Q claims he had all these thoughts, but never said anything until you said something, Jody. I'm just going to make. I didn't want to be the first. I didn't want to be the first. Because you're not the first. Okay, let's move into our main dish. An explosive first half for the Cardinals. They had 28 first half points prior to Thursday night's game. 29 total first half points all season. Jody, how did this team play a more complete game this week? Well, it was a more complete game, that's for sure. But, um, you know, I still saw problems on offense. I saw problems on defense. The big thing, and you mentioned it, the explosive plays, they came mainly in that first half from the defense. So you have those back-to-back pick sixes, which is incredible. It hasn't been done in a very long time. Um, and the turnover battle was won by the Cardinals. Antonio Hamilton also had a big pick. So three to nothing Cardinals Got three turnovers, didn't give up any, which Kyler Murray has been very good at that in his career, taking care of the ball, even though he does run around a lot. You know, it's hard to do. Give him credit um, and didn't throw a pick. So that was one thing I was watching, though, because the Saints came in with the worst turnover rate in the league. Cardinals had the best, so that played out last night. So the other thing, though, um, I mentioned all the, you know, there were issues, but let's, let's I'm going to stay on the positive for the moment. Um, because look, but the, the offensive line still has a lot of issues, right? DeAndre Hopkins has been the savior. He is, we, we debated it for the last, yeah. you know, six weeks. And he is all that, which we knew. He's a superstar. And, and he did what superstars do, which is come in and make a huge impact. And he and J.J. Watt, when they are playing for the Cardinals, the Cardinals are 8-0. and And I just think it's not only what they do on the field, but it's that standard that they raise for everybody around them, Q. And I, I just there's, there's a lot to really gush about about this game, even though there, there were things you still want to see improvements on. But um, 
I think that was really why it was a more complete game because you had leaders leading yeah. and you had big plays. It was a lot of complimentary football. I mean, Rodrigo Blankenship coming out and kicking a 50-yarder to set that the tone. That was big. A lot of deep breaths were in the building and you could feel it all like exhale as soon as that kick went through the uprights. And you listen, like you said, defense, offense. I mean, going to offense, offensive line did not play terrible. I mean, Cali got one sack, two sacks yesterday and they stepped up and it was a lot of Guys stepping in. Yeah. Cody Ford, who wasn't expected to play, ended up playing, who got activated hours before the game. Uh, Billy Price. Billy Price coming in and st- starting at center. I mean, it was a huge step up, and Kyler wasn't pressured much at all, which was nice to see him kind of sit in the pocket. And when you saw him sit in the pocket, besides that one time where he took that sack, uh, where D Hop was kind of wide open in the middle, Kyler had a lot of time in the pocket, and you could see him moving his feet and looking around and find people open. The defense did struggle in in the beginning a bit, which was surprising the way that we've seen this defense play, yes, all season, but really the last couple of weeks. Struggled with allowing those big plays. The Saints had two of those big receiving touchdowns, and uh, they struggled with tackling and I think a little bit of communication, and then they kind of calmed down, and that's when things really started to turn around. Same as UQ. I had a huge sigh of relief when Blankenship in his first game as a Cardinal made that 50-yard field goal. So special teams pulling their weight and, and not only just making it, but the confidence and having that, which is something they didn't have the last couple weeks when they had Matt Amendola because their starting kicker, Matt Prater, is still dealing with a right hip injury. When they had Amendola, it not only affected you know, whether or not he could make the kicks, it affected the fact that the offense had to go for it so many times on fourth down within field goal range. And so to have that confidence this week with Blankenship really helped the offense as well, not him just making those kicks. I did think the offense looked better, in large part because of DeAndre Hopkins, who returned after serving a six-game suspension for violating the league's PED policy. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> that, but, was, that video was amazing, <laughs> by the way. Don't call it a comeback. And it, you know, He had 10 catches on 14 targets for 100-plus yards, but it's about more than that. Of you know, Even though he didn't find the end zone, having him on the field alone allows the rest of the offense to open up because defenses have to game plan for him. You are a fool if you are not looking for number 10 every time he is on the field. And he drew the three penalties, which were in huge situations in that game. I mean, made a really big difference. So, yeah, total game changer. Um, Anyone who questioned that, I don't know that we did here. I don't know that a lot of people that watch Um, this team. (laughs) I don't think anybody who's watched football a day in their Uh, life really questioned what he was going to bring to the field. He truly is. He's a superstar, and he did did exactly what he was supposed to do, which is elevate everyone around him. And while this offense still struggled, you don't want to start the third quarter with back-to-back three and outs. They were able to take advantage of the turnovers by the defense and put points on the board. And that is something huge to take away, especially with this defense who has had a lot of takeaways throughout the season. I think it's all but one or two games they haven't had a a takeaway. Um, Let's get more specific into our Rise and Shine player of the game. Q, who is your Rise and Shine player? I mean, we just talked about him. D-Hop, don't call it a comeback. I mean, like you said, he drew three penalties on third downs, critical third downs, where either Kyle was getting sacked or it was a loss of an incomplete pass. And D-Hop was... Defenses have to plan for him. You have to look at his presence, and wherever D-Hop is, you're going to have two eyes on him at all times. Either that's a safety, a linebacker, or your cornerback. There are always going to be eyes on DeAndre Hopkins, and that's exactly what he did. And he opened the field up for everybody else. I mean, in the red zone, you didn't, obviously we didn't see him get a red zone target, really. But, I mean, everybody's expecting the D-Hop fade in the back of the end zone, and you have Greg Dorch cutting the slant. So, People are account, or defense will have to account for him, and he opens the field for everybody else. I mean, the fourth down with Kyler rolling out, everybody's expecting D 
Hop might get a fade here. Kyler easily rolls out and gets the fourth down conversion. So DeAndre Hopkins, don't call it a comeback, but he's back. Worthy. Worthy of the Rise and Shine player, absolutely. Um, I'm going to go with the defense, and there's a lot of uh, heroes on the defense. We talked about the turnovers, but really the timing of Isaiah Simmons' pick six for me. Going into halftime, up 28-14, to 14, Isaiah makes a terrific play. And, you know, given what happened in the game overall on defense, you know, I, I know he had, I think he had five tackles, so... I'm not really giving this out on, on the game performance, although he played 75% of the time. He's been coming on, much like Zayvon Collins. He's been getting better and better each week, and you love to see that. But I'm really basing this pick uh, of my, my game player, uh, Rise and Shine player, on the pick. What a great play. There has been some criticism. You know, we've all watched him. Sometimes he gets his hands on the ball, doesn't catch it. He caught it. He showed off that speed ridiculous speed that he has for as big as he is and I just thought you know this team is going into the half 28-14 you know nothing's a given in the NFL and it certainly wasn't easy um, but that's exactly what they needed because it was going to be you know it was 20-14 to kind of you missed that um you missed that extra point. Wait, I'm getting my yeah, extra right. mm-hmm. after right. Marco okay, Wilson's right. pick. I felt like you know you just kind of had to keep pace there, and and he kind of blew it open. And it kept the fans in the game too. Yeah, for the first time in a long time, our fans cheered our team off of the going off the field at the halftime. The fans were loud yesterday, and I think after Marco's pick six, everyone's excited. You said it kind of when he missed the extra point, kind of let the air out of the room a little bit. And it's like all right, it's still a one score game. They score a touchdown, we're down. But then. Back-to-back pick sixes. The fans were so loud. The place was rocking. It felt good. I did think it was funny that post-game in the locker room, both Marco Wilson and Isaiah Simmons made comments about the fact that their teammates joke that they don't have good hands, that they can't catch. (laughs) And so they had to make sure that they made it clear that I can catch, and this is proof of that. Brother on defense. It's the age old tale. I mean, DBs, you know, it's kind of great. I don't want to say it's gravy if you catch it, but most of the time you're just like, okay, can they defend Can they defend the ball? Can they Can they make a play? You're just happy with that. But when you can do what they did and back-to-back, wow. My <laughs> rise and shine player of the game, which this is not the first time I have chosen this player this season, and it probably won't be the last, running back Eno Benjamin stepped up again as the number one running back. James Conner out with a ribs injury. Darrell Williams out with a knee injury. So it was Eno Benjamin and rookie Keontae Ingram. Benjamin finished with 12 carries for 92 yards, a rushing touchdown, 21 receiving yards. And he had that two-point conversion, which tied the game at 14 with that incredible spin move coming from the two-yard line. Like, Benjamin just looked gritty, and he looked tough. And he had that big 45-yard run through the A-gap, which was great blocking by that offensive line, which we've talked about was already dealing with some adversity. The way that Benjamin has carried himself and that he handles every single run is incredible. And I also loved the fact that after one of his big runs, you could it, the press box, the glass, for those of you who don't know, the glass is pretty noise-canceling, so we really can't hear much throughout the game. I could very clearly hear, after an Eno Benjamin run, ASU chants for the former <laughs> Sun Devil, yeah. which is incredible. And I just think the way that Benjamin has handled himself, especially since he didn't get any playing time his rookie year, didn't get a lot of playing time last year, And the coaching staff had challenged him to step up, not just physically, but mentally, that maturity side of things. And he has. He has handled the load. He has handled what has been asked of him. And I was very impressed with him. I was very impressed with the way that the offense found big plays. There were 10 plays of 15-plus yards by the Mm -hmm. offense, three of 20 or more yards. Now, 
How much of that comes from having DeAndre Hopkins on the field alone? Probably a lot. But the fact that this offense was able to take advantage of having D-Hop, that's exactly what you want to see. Do have to touch on rookie Keontae Ingram, though. His second active game, first career touchdown. It was a two-yard rushing touchdown from the two-yard line. But just that, missed a second. But just, just missed, missed second. that second. Yeah. But that screen where he made four defenders miss running left to right on the field, that was pretty cool to watch. Yeah. You know why they, they kept him. And they and it was a good move looking back with all the injuries. But, yeah, you know, it's been so fun to watch him go from Arizona State you know, and then brought in by the Cardinals, and you're kind of thinking, okay, lo- you know, I know he's from Texas, but local kid out of college here, and he's just blossomed into this player, and he's got so much fire. It's funny, when I watch him, he loves to spin, or, you know, kind of spin around, and it, and it works. It helps him break free. I kind of call, call him, like, Tasmanian Devil, because I feel like he's always, like, <laughs> whirling around, but he did. He play, He was just a beast last night. It was it was fun to watch. And especially on that drive, I'm just I was checking the time. That's why I was shuffling my papers here. 622 in the fourth is when he scored the touchdown to make it 42-24. And on that drive, you know, he was the key guy. I mean, they just, yeah. just kept feeding him the ball. And which was, I think, the smart thing to do. I think we could all agree. You have to have faith in your running back when you're up that big. Chew yeah. the clock and just, I mean, Eno really gritted it out and took time off the clock. And the Cardinals haven't had a lot of those situations where you have the lead and you can have more of that balance offense and you can wear down the defense by running it down their throats. And that's what they had in Eno Benjamin, who has been your third running back on the depth chart when this running back's room is fully healthy. So it'll be interesting to see when Daryl Williams and James Conner come back. Not saying maybe he would be number one running back over James Conner, but I do think that he is making a case to be used more and maybe more than Daryl Williams when he comes back. Yeah, definitely. We had Cliff mic'd up during training camp, and at one point he was talking to Michael Bidwell and said, how about 2-6? I mean, like, we just joking, he, we can't get rid of him. Like, he's still putting in the work, and every single time that you doubt him a little bit, he shows why he is, you know, Benjamin. You made a great – I love the word you use, balance, because that is a big reason why the Cardinals won this game. They were able to run the ball. Um, part of that is coming from the lead, from that position that they haven't been in. Um, but balance, That's I think that's the key word going forward for the rest of these games, finding that, being able to create that. Benjamin plays like he has a chip on his shoulder, like a true underdog, and that's why he was my rise and shine player of the game. Let's look at That's My Jam, which is a play of the game. There were clearly a lot to choose from, which we have already talked about. But, Jody, which one really stood out to you in terms of being important for the Cardinals to get that win? Well, there were so many, but I I have in big letters here, Dorch. Wow, surprise. (laughs) After all you have talked about Greg Dorch all year. I have. I wanted to see a little more of Greg Dorch, and I had some plays here. You know, he had converted on a... a, uh, well, no, he didn't convert on that one. My note, my notes are insane, you guys. I'm like, <laughs> I'm all over the place. But we did see a little bit more of him. Um, and in the third quarter, he had the five-yard pass from Murray to make the game a 35 to 17 lead for the Cardinals. So look, it's it's just more. It is Greg Dorch making plays because he's really not shown us that he doesn't yeah. make plays. Um, we know how important he was when Rondell Moore was out, and I like the fact that. Um, Cliff Kingsbury continued to kind of worked him back in and it wasn't just kick returns. It was on offense. And um, I think that's, you know, I understand why you want more to play, but I love to see that. And I just think he's another weapon. I mean, when they get all these guys back, they're going to have a lot of weapons. Robbie Anderson's going to, 
you know, do more than his 10 or 12 snaps from yesterday. Yeah. And then James Conner will be back eventually. And you're going to have this wide array of options. But I think he's a good one. And, yeah, I know his mom was kind of lobbying for him on uh, Twitter. Shout out to Mama Dorch. Mama Dorch. Twitter. Hey, you know, I can I can understand that, you know. I'm high, She's high always in my notification. Mom. She's amazing on Twitter. <laughs> I love mom. I will so. say sure too, was happy. it wasn't just that Dortch scored; it was the way he scored that dive through two defenders. Just like Eno Benjamin, a smaller player, a player who has had to prove themselves, mm-hmm. Dortch continues to fight and continues to take advantage of the opportunities when he is out on the field. And he made that big play, and that was tough. And he pulled it off yeah. still. Being on social media, our fans love Greg Dortch, and they are, were ready for him to get back in action. And there was a graphic going around uh, earlier this week that Greg Dortch led the league in separation yards. And he almost had, I think it was about 4.4 yards uh, he was averaging in separation. And for some reason on that touchdown, he was probably given like five yards of separation on a two-yard, five-yard pass. So, I mean, he's still creating that separation at five yards. So, like, Greg Dortch, give him more snaps. I mean, when he's called upon, he executes the play. He's always answering. It's not always easy. But, um, you know, and, and yeah, and that brings me to, you know, again, not to drag this down, but I did still see, you know, Kyler miss on a few throws. It's going to have, he's the quarterback. He's the quarterback of the team. He's not going to be perfect, but there were still some misses. I disagree with you a little bit, Q, on the O line. I think they're still in a bit of disarray. Uh, why? W- it's hard, obviously, with new guys on that line. It's not what you want to see. And you're looking at Rodney Hudson still out, Justin Pugh out for the season. This is going to be hard. Yeah. This is not going to be simple. But we saw that they can they can win even when things are not perfect on the line and they're you know those guys are those guys are in the trenches nobody's ever fully healthy on the line. Mm. Okay? They really shut down Cam so. Jordan though yesterday. I mean you never really heard Cam Jordan's name called all game. He, so. made, he made a few disrupted things. He disrupted things, yeah, but he wasn't was, really. But you're right. I mean, we'll and credit to the offense for battling through yeah. some of that. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean. So the issues there were your left guard, Justin P was done for the year after tearing his ACL. So you had Max Garcia starting in at left guard, however, early in the game, had a shoulder injury. That's why they had to put Cody Ford in, who that was his first game active. He was dealing with an ankle injury since the first week of the season of practice. So this was his first game. You're right, Q. He was activated just hours prior to kickoff. And he probably wasn't expecting maybe a few snaps, maybe to go in a little bit of a break for Max Garcia. But he had to go in and he had to play. And then at center, Ronnie Hudson still dealing with the knee. Last couple weeks, it's been Sean Harlow. However, this week, they went with Billy Price, a veteran they looked at in the offseason when Hudson was really considering retirement. They brought in Billy Price a few weeks ago, and they made that change at center after Sean Harlow didn't have his best game in Seattle. So I think when you look at the adversity that they had to face and the adversity they were facing on such a short amount of time, a short week to begin with, and then you're dealing with Max Garcia's shoulder injury – I'm okay with how the offensive line played. I'm glad that there's now going to be extra time moving forward. Maybe that will allow Ronnie Hudson to rest up his knee and be ready to go moving forward. At this time, we don't know how serious Garcia's injury is, so maybe that's something that they'll get back when they have their next game in Minnesota, but definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward. You're you're right. Forward playing 53 snaps, which was 80%. Um, Billy Price played... Uh, 66. All you know, Beecham, Hernandez, um, and Price played every snap. So, yeah, Bill. If you're Billy Price, I mean, you're sure you you you've been practicing. He's been here, unlike Cody Ford. You know, he's been healthy and practicing. But, um, you know, it's going to be <laughs> you get yeah. thrown into a game. It's a little different, right? I but mean, but there were some big a gap holes. Like you yeah. know, Benjamin had that big run that they took advantage of. So I think all things considered, DJ the offensive had a big line block on that yes. one, which was kind of an interesting play. I don't know that I've seen that play, but it was it definitely was effective. So, Peach had a well pancake timed. block there. 
Yeah. Q, what was your That's My Jam play of the game? My jam, Mr. Flying Squirrel himself, Marco Wilson's interception. <laughs> I mean, the celebration, it just takes the cake. I mean, that's my jam by itself, the pick, uh, the celebration. But, I mean, it's sort of a prove-it game for Marco Wilson. Um, didn't play as uh, – he had the first drive of the game, giving up that big touchdown. And he kind of just put it on the back burner. And a lot of times you see a cornerback kind of getting their heads about things like that. I mean, the first drive of the game, 50-yard oh. touchdown, it gets into your head. Um, he had two passes deflected in his first interception of his career. So, I mean, yeah, it was a tip ball. It should have been caught. But, I mean, just being – aware enough to find the ball, get the ball, and then tip drill. Everybody goes to the house. So, I mean, poetry in motion, the celebration, everybody knows the Andy Dalton scene where he is diving in the background. So um, it was good for Marco Wilson to kind of just get back into the groove of things and kind of show everyone that this is like who he can be, and he can be that number two cornerback if we need him. Right, that interception, it was bobbled by the receiver, and he went and he grabbed it, and he took it, and he had that amazing flip. He got some serious air flipping into the end zone. It was very impressive. I think it was like eight impressive. yards. He like left from the four yeah. and ended like four yards deep in the end zone. A good eight-yard flip. And when I gave I, him a 10 on the form, really oh, it was good. Beautiful. When I talked to him post-game, since that was his first career pick, I asked if that was the celebration he'd always had in mind on what he would do, and he said no. Like, that's not the celebration. That's just natural. We learned that he was big into parkour, parkour. when he was in middle school before he got serious about football. So that was, it's crazy to me, like, that massive flip, getting that much air, that was the natural reaction for his body. That's just crazy. take off five yards. Deep. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> and so it, athletic. The form, like you said, was perfect. Like he tucked yeah. his head, rolled. Like yeah. it was like that could be a bad injury. Like let alone. I know. Marco I got it. Marco, let's ease up on that one. But it was. I mean, it was beautiful. Like he it obviously knew been, what he was doing. Oh yeah, it was a beautiful tuck and roll. <laughs> he wasn't just like breaking that out. Like, let's try this. Yeah, he knew exactly what he was doing. So. My that's my jam play of the game is what started the turnovers, which they say come in bunches, starting with cornerback Antonio Hamilton in the end zone. The Saints in the first quarter was third and eight from the Cardinals 10 and Hamilton snagged Andy Dalton's pass. And he had the wherewithal, which even though you have all that adrenaline going to take the knee for the touchback, have the offense start at the 20, which was also very smart. Yes, it was a great play. In the end zone, you are keeping the Saints off the board, creating a turnover. The only thing otherwise would be getting points like a pick six. However, the Cardinals on the next drive, the offense would put three on the board. Everything that Hamilton has gone through, burning his feet in a cooking accident in August, coming back, this was his third game back. He wasn't really able to practice up until coming back. He had the ball in his hand, and he was looking up and down the sideline after that pick, and he found his wife and handed the ball to her. Yeah who he said has just been there for him every step of the way. And the word he keeps using, he used it again post-game in the locker room after the win, is gratitude. Gratitude for being able to continue to play, to get the first pick of his career. How many years was it? Seven years. Seven Seven years. Just incredible what he has gone through. And that is what sparked the defense, the first of three turnovers. Yes, it was the only one that wasn't taken the end zone, but that doesn't matter. That's what sparked the defense. Absolutely. Great play. And I think it's interesting, you know, the last couple of years, just with everything on Zoom, I really felt like I didn't know him. And then when this happened and hearing him talk here the other day when he came back and um, actually it was even it was in training camp, um, hearing him talk about how he's always been counted out and really wasn't highly regarded coming out of high school, even in college, had to fight for it. He's a great story, Danny. And, And that was so cool that he was able to spot his wife and have kind of that moment in the middle of a game. Just amazing. Yeah. And, it, and it's really a lesson for, you know, um, 
and and the fact that all that he's been through and I mean we we saw the pictures that he posted about with his feet and everything that he went through and just these devastating injuries and yet he realized it could have been so much worse yeah. and um it's just a great story yeah and it was his pregnant wife actually because he had also he's expecting a baby boy pretty soon so he rocked the baby and ex- <laughs> didn't do the zekerts and spike the baby but instead <laughs> took the baby to his wife and gave it to her after and gratitude also there was there's a young fan the last couple of weeks Hamilton has given his gloves to when coming off the field pregame and so Hamilton saw this kid again ahead of the Thursday night game against the Saints but it was this time that Hamilton actually received something from this fan and it was the fans football jersey because he said I'm so grateful that you always find me and you give me your gloves I wanted to give you something so I can see why Hamilton kept using the word gratitude of maybe like a little culmination of everything of his career and everything he's been through personally the last couple of months really coming alive in that game. Yeah. I mean, that injury could have been so much worse. I mean, days before, days after he was named cornerback too. I mean, we don't see him in Nashville. We're kind of, nobody knows what's going on. And then he comes back five weeks, four weeks into the season. And that could have been a lot worse. And everybody was kind of expecting him to be out for a while, but he just gratitude grateful definitely an impact player on we're, the grateful we're grateful of you very grateful <laughs> let's wrap it up with bring home the bacon any other thoughts whether from the game that we haven't touched on general thoughts moving forward from this team q what comes to mind honestly this team's still going to be okay i said it's week <laughs> one and this team is going to be that. okay i did week one this team is going to be okay we're going to get pieces back. This 10-day break is going to be great for us. I mean, we have a lot of guys who are kind of battling little nicks and tears there. So I think this 10-day break, like Cliff said in his postgame, we got to keep it, continue to build. This 10 days is going to be key in getting the rest, getting Robbie Anderson kind of accustomed to the game plan, uh, getting James Conner, Daryl Williams back, Rodney Hudson coming back. Like, continue to build, and this team's going to be okay. I like it. A lot of weapons, like you said, when they get everyone healthy. I think the thing that I was interested in hearing the post-game comments, just the fire that comes out in the heat of battle, and it's been talked about a lot, like Cliff and Kyler, and DeAndre Hopkins kind of called it like a, a marriage. He goes, I'm not married, but from what I hear, it's a marriage. And, uh, you know, that is true. I think that the passion that Cliff and Kyler have for this team and what they want to accomplish, which is winning a Super Bowl. That's the goal. Um, I mean, it doesn't always look pretty, just like the game wasn't always pretty. You know, without the defense coming through, you still would have issues on offense that would be more glaring if you didn't possibly win this game. The defense still has things to fix. The other thing about D-Hop, I was really – I always enjoy hearing Hop talk. So, you know, he also mentioned when he was asked about Marco's pick, he said, you know, but he didn't like that touchdown that he gave up. So he said it's about – taking criticism. I thought that was really interesting. So while this is absolutely a day to celebrate, 10 days to celebrate, recover, get healthy, um, take a little, take a little much needed break, but also uh, taking criticism. And I think that, you know, it's, it can be healthy for this team. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the way Vance Joseph operates with his defensive guys as well. You know, be able to look yourself in the mirror, be honest and get better. And I think that's what they can learn from this game. Um, all ills are cured when you win. So I think that's the biggest key is they came away with a win. They found a way to do it. Um, but I think going forward, too, they'll learn from some of these things. I think at three and four, this could be a turning point for the Cardinals for the rest of the season. 
assuming that people stay healthy now that you have DeAndre Hopkins back, having these extra couple days to your right cue, get Robbie Anderson integrated into this offense, maybe get some of your offensive linemen back that are dealing with injuries. I think that this team played well enough to have enough things to learn from and to take moving forward. And I asked that to Marco Wilson postgame. What, what can this team take away from this win to make it a turning point through the rest of the season? He said preparation. The fact that they were able to prepare as well as they did in a short week, they need to be able to do that in a regular week moving forward so that everybody is out there comfortable just doing their job. You're not focused on what anyone else is doing. You're not trying to do anybody else's job, just what you have to do. I think all in all, this defense controlled the game. They kept the Saints to uh, just 6 of 13 on third downs and 85 rushing yards with three turnovers. Yes, they did give up some big chunk plays in the air. However, I think that the defense continues to be on the rise. I think that the offense is now going to be on the rise now that we have seen what DeAndre Hopkins' presence alone does on that field and how it opens up the rest of the game. So I think that this could truly be a turning point for the Cardinals and that they can start stacking the wins. And if you can break that curse of 361 days since your last home win, I mean, anything is possible. Defense shut down Alvin Kamara. I mean, the top five running back in the league and 49 yards, and then Taysom Hill barely did anything. He had a touchdown in there, but it was a two-yard touchdown. So, I mean, the defense really stepped up and gets the run, which was huge for them. And that's what Vance Joseph always wants to do every week, stop the run first. And this is not the first time that the Cardinals have completely shut down the key offensive player that they've been going against every week. There were some, you know, again, early on, Kamara was making some plays, but then once you get that lead, and again, it was the defense that led the way there, they kind of redeemed themselves after giving up some of those big plays with their own big plays. And, um, you know, I mean, after that, they really had to throw the ball, which they did. Andy Dalton, you know, credit Andy Dalton. We've seen him. Um, you know, we've seen the Cardinals' defense get the best of him, whether he was with the Cowboys um, or this game, even going back to his Bengals days. But I think that, you know, that guy was battling till the end. I think some of it, you know, I was a, if I'm them watching film, they had some receivers stop running and, and kind of some of their other guys give up on that team later, late in the game. And, you know, but I give credit to Andy Dalton. He's a, he's a, he's a vet. And so you guys uh, – Got the weekend off? Like, yeah. Nice. Well, Any big plans to, for Sunday? Not not having to work a game? <laughs> sleep. I there plan you on go. sleeping in. <laughs> this man doesn't sleep, not right? Not having to be at the stadium at 8 a.m. would be great. Who to be? Yeah, nice sleep in for the social media. How about you, Danny? No, no big plans. I'm excited to sit on my couch and actually watch football and as opposed to just kind of having to check my phone for updates, being at the stadium all day. Yeah, that's one of the big things, about, especially like working in, in social media or traveling either. You miss all the Saturday games because you're traveling, so we miss all the college football. And then Sundays, we're at the stadium 8, 9 a.m., so we miss all yeah. day Sunday. So we really only get to watch Thursday night football and Monday night football. <laughs> um, so it's nice to actually be able to watch a full yeah. slate of football this week. What about you, Jody? Well, I got Friday night lights tonight and uh, my son playing quarterback at Corona del Sol, which by the way, a lot of ties to Corona here in the building. Um, just like Darren Urban's always out there. His wife's a teacher out there. So we appreciate that support. Jim Mahondro as well. But um, yeah, I turned into Ron Wolfley on a Friday night. So <laughs> I get a little like I, I get really amped up on a Friday. It's kind of weird to be in here. I'm like, okay, 
Got to get into my into my groove, but yeah, it gets a little scary out there. Nice little mini bye week for the three yeah. of us for the Arizona Cardinals before they travel to Minnesota for their next game, October thirtieth, Halloween weekend, which I'm sure will be Spooky. a fun one. Yep. Thanks so much for joining us on Morning Scramble after that Thursday night football primetime Cardinals win for Q McCorvey, Jody Jackson. I'm Danny Sarek. We'll catch y'all right here next time after that Minnesota game.